Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on The Porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I am JD, joined with the one and only Miss Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. And we are so excited to be with you guys in this lovely Monday. It's Friday here in the studio. Friday, Friday. <laughs> Stop. Gonna get down on Friday. I can't believe you just it's did that. St- is everyone's like mad because it's Monday. <laughs> <laughs> like Friday is so far yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, seriously. But anyways, Laura, what are we talking about today? Yeah, today, um, I really want us to just answer the question, like, why you are the way you are? Like, why am I this way? Why do I keep struggling with all these things? It feels like I struggle worse when it comes to anxiety or depression, or it feels like I just can't get out of this loophole of porn, or it feels like my personality is just so extra and people perceive me this way or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. I really want us to take a look at God's word and for you to answer, JD, like, why are we the way that we are? Does that make sense? Yeah. Why you are the way you are. Okay, cool. I'm so excited about this because this is what I feel like. I think a lot of people wonder that. And we we wonder why why am why do I have these gifts? Or why do I look this way? Or why do I feel so differently than all my friends? Or yeah. man, when I talk about anxiety, my family just stares at me like, what? You know, why did I have to get on medication? Or why am I why do I have these strongholds in my life? Like my unique makeup, like why? Why, why, why? And I think I'll just start off by saying I'm not going to be able to be like some therapist, guru. Like God yeah. is the only, you know, because he's your creator. He's the only one that knows you fully. And the beauty of that is he does know you fully. He He doesn't have to wonder why you are the way you are. He He knows exactly like everything about you, your thoughts, your actions, your feelings, everything. Yeah. And we can rest in that beauty. But as I meet with a lot of men as a part of my job, and honestly, just a way I love to spend my life is sitting down with people that I know or don't know. And in a way, like a roundabout way, they don't even know that, that they're asking that question, but that's what they're asking. Mm-hmm. So for an example, Laura, if someone comes up to me and says, man, I want to talk to you. I've been struggling with this addiction to pain medication for six years and no one's ever, I've never told anyone it's been secret. I don't know how I got here and why do I struggle with this? And why do I, or someone comes up to me and is like, man, I have thoughts of uh, same sex attraction, or I have thoughts of deep, deep, deep depressing thoughts that I don't even want to get out of bed sometimes. Why, why am I this way? And I just, I just want to walk you through and walk us through something that I was taught in college. Uh, when I was in college, I went through a year-long program where uh, it was called the way of rest is what they call it. Because so many people, they, they, what they're actually searching for is rest, um, peace, uh, an inner calmness and confidence and security in the Lord. Like I bet every person would not turn down the idea of a life where uh, I know exactly why I am the way I am because my life's amazing. Like I'm secure. I'm confident. I'm, I am like restful. I'm peaceful. Totally. And, like how rare do we actually ever hear that story? Yeah. Where people are just confident and like, yeah. Yeah. Here's why I am the way I yeah. am. Cause God is, you know, we're like, are on it. And sadly, that's not a lot of times the narrative, but that is what we are offered in Christ. Yeah. Like 
we have to start believing that a life of security and confidence is found in Christ. And if you don't actually believe that that can be possible for you and that exists, like we are here to say, wake up, you're being robbed. Like Satan is feeding you a lie. Yeah. Like making it so unattainable. Will that mean that you have a life rid of pain, rid of problems, rid of sin? No, like none of us will be rid of that. But there is in Christ an opportunity to know who you are, know your worth, know why you exist, know why God made you the way he made you and to have security in that. So that's what I want to talk about and help us navigate today. Yeah, I'm excited for you to dig into the scriptures and unpack some of that, JD. But I do want to ask first, because I feel like people, and and I do this sometimes, we can almost turn inward and, and feel pity for ourselves because it's like, if only I didn't struggle this way, or if only I didn't look like this, then things would go differently for me. Mm-hmm. And so what would you say to the person who thinks that their um, struggles are unique or are burdened by, they have a, like, it might be harder for somebody to resist uh, same-sex attraction, for instance, because it's mm-hmm. like, this has been a craving in me since you know, I was a kid. So why did God make me this way? Why, you know, Mm -hmm. so, or why did I, why did my parents, why did my dad leave when I was three? Yeah. If I had a dad, no, I wouldn't have all these image issues or like the circumstances dictate why they are the way they are. And I've done it. So I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to like, just throw that out there too, where I'm like, man, if only I had a story where this was my upbringing, this was whatever else. And, Mm -hmm. And, and so just speak to that for just a second. Yeah, I would, I would say just that. I would say make sure that you are not letting circumstances, although hard and although real, feelings, emotions, all those things, they are a thing. They are not the thing. And so you have to make sure that you cannot let the things that are not the thing, which, by the way, the thing is God and his word and what they say about who you are. Those things cannot dictate your reality. They can uh, they can give you experiences, they can form thoughts, they can, um, you know, if you were born into a single parent home, like there are ramifications of that. And that doesn't mean that's not real, but that does not mean it defines you. And here's where we get in trouble. A lot of times we let the things, I might've said this before, a lot of times we let the things that are merely meant to describe us, define us. No, that's good. So yes, like I can't change the fact that you were born into a single parent home. Or yes, I can't change the fact that you are someone who might struggle with same-sex attraction. I can't uh, change the fact that you were an athlete tor- heading towards a full ride scholarship and then you got an injury and then you went downhill and got addicted to painkillers or whatever it might be. Those things, they might describe who you are, but they will never, and they were never meant to define who you are. Mm. So we have to make sure that we're not letting uh, a description turn into a definition of us. Who you are does not change if you are in Christ, because he is now what defines you. Therefore, it is not contingent. It is not dependent on the what. It's all about the who, which is Christ. Pop off, bro. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about today. And and here's the interesting thing. Um, the reason why you believe you are the way you are is because at some point you let the things that were supposed to describe you define you. Mm. Okay. So we're going to talk about how can I put those things back in place? The things that were meant to be descriptions only that have become definitions have become uh, what we believe is this is, this is who I am. This defines me. How can we take that back to just a describer and, and really in fuel what defines us with looking at God's word. And so I do that through what I call BPR 
beliefs, practices, results. And this might be one of those podcasts that you need to send to your friends, that you need to sit down with a friend, pull out your journal, and I want you to pull out your journal, and I want you to write going down the page, beliefs, and then midway write practices, and then about a third of the way down write results. And and then you're going to fill out that journal. You're going to sit down with people, and it's really helpful to constantly walk through this in your life. And so here's how BPR works. First, I would do is I would acknowledge the results in my life that I believe make me who I am. Mm-hmm. And so the thing, those those def- definitions. So, for example, um, man, I am poor. I'm in a bunch of credit card debt. I'm addicted to pornography secretly and no one knows. And I'm full of anxiety because I'm not fulfilling what I thought was my lifelong dream. And I hate my job in a cubicle from nine to five. Or to add to the list, I am too much. Mm-hmm. I am extra. I'm the girl that guys see as a friend. Mm-hmm. I am, you name it. Right. Okay. So let's look, you could go on, you could pick any of those things as a result in your life. Okay. So belief practices results. So let's pick, um, Addicted to approval of man. You are constantly, you walk into every single room and you want someone to affirm you. You want someone to acknowledge you. Maybe you dress a certain way so people give you approval. Maybe you post a certain way on social media so people give you approval. You are constantly fishing in like a a roundabout way. You're fishing for a compliment. You want people to acknowledge you. And if they don't, it dictates your response to that room. You're not having a good time or you're constantly striving for more and you now recognize it as a problem. Mm -hmm. Okay? So... The problem is, is I struggle with approval of man, okay? So then you trace it back to the practices. The practice for that is what I just described. The practices is I post a certain way on social media or I go into a room around influential people wanting them to like me and acknowledge me. I want to be around the most popular person in the room or I want to be the most popular person in the room. I want a lot of likes on or a lot of followers and those things dictate who I am. Uh, Maybe you go, I sleep around with people that I find super attractive because I want people to know that I'm hooking up with uh, the hottest girl in the room or whatever it might be. Uh, I need to be uh, super fit or whatever it is because that's the practices that you've put in your life. The belief is my worth comes from what people say and think and how they treat me. Mm. My worth comes from people's approval. And so that the result of that is exhaustion, anxiety, striving, trying, performing, depression, all of it. Cause if you don't get it, you always are searching for more and more and more. So now that you've gone from the root or the, the top and you're tracing it down belief, who I am is defined by who people say I am and how they, they their approval, the practice, try to get their approval, the result exhaustion. Wow. That's really good. Make, make sense. Yeah. And so the actual result, here's where we, here's, where we have a problem. A lot of people are like, well, the way I fix that then is to actually get approval from man. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. The result is for exhaustion to transfer to rest, for anxiety to transfer to peace. That's the result we want because that is what the life should mark the life of a Christian is security and and peace and joy and the fruits of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so what you do is you go down to the belief, I need the approval of man to be somebody. And you go to God's word now. This is where we now pivot everything to God's word. Why do we go to God's word? Are you asking me? Yep. To find truth. To find truth. And also because it's the only place where there is ultimate truth. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why can't I go to man's word? Why can't I go to experience? Because it's not reliable. It's never reliable because it's ever changing. 
it's always changing. It's it's high one day, low the next. One day someone likes me, one day they don't. One day this is pretty, one day that's not. One day this gets approval, one day that doesn't. Exactly. Changing, changing, changing. Therefore, it is the, the quicksand of our foundation, and we want it to be a firm foundation, which is the Word of God. And so a great place to go when talking about things that are always true of those who are in Christ is the book of Ephesians. I love the book of Ephesians because it clearly lays out who I am in Christ. Now, this is really important. So listen up. This is, this is really important. I am saying who I am in Christ, in Christ. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has passed away. The things that once described you no longer define you. The new has come. The new means that no longer is about me, my performance, or others' approval. It's about Christ and all that he's done. And that reframes how I have to view myself. The pressure valve releases and the pressure and the anxiety and all those things drop because it's no longer on me. It's all on what Christ has done for me. And so I'm in Christ now. That's how you must think. You must go through extreme measures to reframe your thinking and your believing that it's no longer about what you do. That's it's about really being good. in Christ. And so that's, that's key to this practice. So now the belief is I need the approval of man to be somebody. Now I'm redirecting that belief. What does God's word say? In Ephesians 1, it just goes to this list and it says over and over, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. And you can pick any of these things. And I might just read them all off on the end. But um, it says, one of the first ones it says is, in Christ, um, you have been chosen. He chose us in Christ before the foundations of the world. You've been chosen and you're in Christ. Therefore, if I have been chosen by the God of the universe, and it even goes on to say that he's adopted us. He's, he's called us his. That means that I don't need man's approval. Mm -hmm. I'm secure. And like, there is somebody who has looked at me and decided, no matter what, I choose you. I want you. You are in my family. I look at you as a son or a daughter, right. not as a misfit, not as somebody that I need to work or approve or, or gain my uh, affirmation. Right. Like I see you and, and, and how I see you is secure. Right. Because of Christ. Yeah. That's the key. That's what takes it off of you and puts it all on Christ. That's the beauty of that's why we love the gospel. That's yeah. why we love the Bible. Yeah. And so we bring our nothing and get everything. That's what I, it's just, it's just the beauty of it. That's so And good. so what I do now is I don't have to walk in a room and need someone to choose me. Yeah. You're changing the practice. Like girls, you don't need to walk in a room and have a man choose you. So good. Like you, you don't have, you don't have to crave that attention. Yeah. And so now you get to walk in a room and the practice is, is others focused. Yeah. You get to walk in a room and encourage others and serve others and be confident in how you look, how you act, because you're like, I don't need any of you to approve me. I've already been approved. I've already been chosen. I've already been adopted. I'm good. Yeah. And the result of that, peace, rest. You get to breathe and have fun. Yeah. You're not so inward focused. You get to look out and be like, this is amazing. Like I'm in Christ. That's so good. Okay. So this content is really, really gold, JD. Truly. Uh, thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. To get really practical, you're saying get serious about changing some of those practices. And before that, like a layer before that is to identify the belief. So two things I want us to do to just leave the people in a good place. I know that we're going to move on to one more thing, but I want one 
I want us to identify, like help the people understand how they can identify, oh, this is what I'm doing. Cause, cause right now it probably feels like, I don't know why I leave a room and I feel so depressed when I was felt really excited yep. before that. So help the people identify. And then after that, I want to get really practical in what, um, what are some things they can do to change those practices? Because, um, sometimes that is going to be what it takes, like repeated patterns Mm -hmm. to even move your heart to where your head gets with the beliefs. Does that make sense? Totally. So start with identifying. Yep. So how to, how to identify where you have unhealthy beliefs in your life that have produced bad practices and um, awful results in your life. First off, you have to be willing to do the hard work and the groundwork, but do the hard work to get the right, like heart work, like the heart transformation. Yeah. And so that hard work looks like addressing, like you got to address it. You cannot suppress. You must address. You must bring things that you have put in the dark and bring them to the light. And you got to talk about it with people and you got to let it out. Fellas, this is at you. You got to get it out. Okay. Skin. Quit suppressing your father wounds. Quit suppressing never getting that attaboy or that hug or that affection. Okay. Quit suppressing the way that divorce hurts you or that abandonment issue hurts you. Quit, quit not addressing when she cheated on you, how it actually affected you and made you feel, or when she rejected you, how it made you feel. Address it. And once you bring that to light, you're going to see results change because that's what's offered to you in Christ. And so here's how you do that. You'll sit down with someone or you'll sit down with the Lord and you'll get out your journal and you'll start to think about the practices in your life. I'm addicted to pornography. Okay. Let's say that that's the practice. And so the result is I'm addicted and this is never going to change. And therefore I'm constantly frustrated and in guilt and in shame. That's the result of my life. Why? Because the practice is, is I'm running to pornography when I feel empty, alone, rejected, bored, angry, frustrated. That's what I run to as a coping mechanism. The belief here we go. It's about to get real. Mm-hmm. There was a time maybe in your life. This is just one example, but fi- figure it out for you. Maybe there was a time in your life where um, you you went after a girl and she she made you feel some type of way. And you you went and asked her to be your girlfriend or something happened to you and she rejected you and friend zoned you. And then the next girl rejected you friend zoned you and then you're looking around and other guys though are getting girlfriends Mm -hmm. and these are like in those those years where like you're really kind of forming who you are like eighth grade ninth grade tenth grade and also uh back at home your dad isn't affirming you your dad's kind of rough around the edges and you just never kind of had that emotional bond and um your mom and you are pretty close but you really want it from your dad but because your dad's not getting to you really think a girlfriend will be your solution but these girls are rejecting you constantly and then you hear about pornography and somewhere along the way you looked at it and in that moment you felt affirmed in a way you felt masculine in a way you felt uh, like someone was for you in a way for the first time in your life and you liked the way it made you feel and since then you've run to it every time there's been an emotional hole or there's been a trigger or there's been something that's made you feel rejected those same ways that you used to feel you run to it so what you have to do is you have to you have to go back to those things that happened to you and here's what a lot of people are like, oh, when she rejected me, that's what the problem was. So therefore, I just need to find a girl who won't reject me. No, belief. 
when she rejected me, I felt rejected. Therefore, I felt alone and I felt like no one truly wanted me. That's a belief. And the enemy is going to convince you no one wants you. Therefore, it's up to you to bring satisfaction in your life. So go to porn. It's always there for you. Mm. And so you have to address that belief and take it back to God's word. God's word is a love story because he wants you. He wants you so bad that while you were a sinner, he sent his son to die for you. And so you have to go back and remind yourself that I'm, I'm not rejected. I'm chosen. I'm loved. And one of the things it says in here in Ephesians 1 is in him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his pur purpose, which he set forth in Christ. And so he's just saying, God sent his son to come and lavish you with grace and love and mercy because he loves you. He wants you. You're not rejected. Okay, you've, you have been, you were worth dying for. And so you remind yourself of that. There's so many other, there's the book of Psalms. Like there's so much more scripture where you go to look at God's word, to redefine the belief. God wants me. He's a father to the fatherless. He, he, he heals our wounds. And, and the Bible's full of that kind of stuff. And then you go, so as a, pra a practice, I want to, like Matthew says, cut off the hand gouge out the eye. Yes, I do want to put practices in place because I've become addicted to pornography to get rid of it, to have it out of sight, out of mind. I want to be authentic with community, put in all those practical practices, but also now the practice looks like running to God's word when I feel lonely, mm -hmm. running to community when I feel rejected. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's the practice. And the result now is love, acceptance, being chosen, like knowing who you are in Christ. Your confidence, not riding on the highs and lows, your yeah. your stability or like who I am, not dependent on, um, or like, do I feel okay about myself? Not dependent on the endorphins that you get from pornography. Right, um, right. And it's gonna that. be hard. And this, I always say this, hey, quit thinking that coming out of that addiction is gonna happen overnight. Yeah. It didn't happen overnight for you to get addicted. Mm. So like, why do you think that the path it took, the slow fade, the slow process for you to get addicted, that you could just wave a wand or snap a finger and you're out of it? It's called transformation for a reason. Transformation is a process. And so trust God in the process and be patient with yourself and know that the beauty of being in Christ is that as you're figuring it out and as you're becoming more and more further to hate your sin and love God, like the grace is there. It's being lavished on you. Yeah. And so I want to start to wrap up and to answer your question, the practical thing of now, how do I go from old to new definition to describer, describer to all that kind of stuff I mentioned. Like I said, I would get out the journal, get with someone you love and trust and process through these things. It might take a long time. That's, that's great. And what I do is I open up the journal on the left side. I say, um, what Satan wants me to believe and I write out beliefs, practices, results. And then on the other page, I say, but in Christ, what's true? Mm. And I write beliefs, practices, results. So I parallel them. And so I, I take that transformation process of, I need the approval of man to be worth something, that belief. And on the right side, I write, everything I need is, is in Christ because he's chosen and adopted me according to Ephesians 1. And so do that, whatever way that looks like for you. And lastly, here's what I'd say that I'd say. 
um, Ephesians goes on to describe in Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3, I believe, um, that we have three sources of bondage. Like there are three sources of oppression and, and sla- like things that want to like ruin us and make us enslaved to sin. It's our flesh, our sin nature, the world and its influences, like culture, society, and then Satan and his demons, okay? So those three sources, here's their job. They want you to forget. They want you to forget that you are in Christ. They want you to forget that the old has passed away and the new has come. Mm. That's what their mission is. And if they can cause you to forget, then you will run back to those beliefs and then you will run back to those practices and then your result will be being enslaved to them. That's what they want. And so I love this. In Ephesians chapters one through three, there's six chapters. Chapters one through three is all your calling, all about your calling, who you are in Christ. And then chapters four through six is about your conduct. You cannot get to doing and changing before you know who you are. You don't get to the what before you identify who you are in Christ. There's one command though in Ephesians one through three. Do you know what it is? Remember. Remember. Yes, it says it right here. After it goes off on all this stuff about who we are in Christ, it says in 2.11, therefore, remember that at one time, and he goes off on all this stuff about the Gentiles and the Jews. I thought you were going to trip me up for a second. No, 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 no. Go go read it. But it just goes off about all this stuff about how we were old and now we're new. And Mm, mm -hmm. it says, that's his one command in one through three. Remember. And so when you forget, when the enemy starts to try to change that belief, remember, write it down, talk it out and let people remind you when you can't even seem to remember, let others remind you that it's not about you. Mm. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. Mm-hmm. So like even when you, even when you are believing lies, that doesn't change God's love for you because you're in Christ. It's about Christ. And so remember though, that this is not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not as a result of your works that no one can boast. There's nothing that we can boast in. Those describers, those definers, none of that. When we're on it, when we're not on it, when we're believing lies, when we're believing truth, when we're running hard to Jesus or running far from him, there's nothing we can boast in. It's all being in Christ. So why are you the way you are? I would say redirect that question and go, not why am I the way I am, but who am I believing I am in Christ? Mm. Because again, that question of why am I the way I am? And it's like, no, it's not about you anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about Christ in you. Yeah. And that this is God's story. And truly, like Paul could have said that, like, why was I so zealous and killing Christians? And he's like, uh, God's like, oh, because I wanted you to write most of the New Testament and to, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I have a purpose for that. And we have a tendency to look and think that our thing is worse or our thing is what God can't overcome. And he's like, no, that's on purpose. Sin entered the world. And I'm not happy that that happened and broke you. But at the same time, I have a plan to redeem that. And you are part of that. This is my story Mm -hmm. that I have entrusted you. So use it. As we wrap up, I want to address three people because I think there's the person listening to this podcast that's like, um, listen, that sounds like way too much work and I'm fine just the way that I am. And to you, I'd say like your, your relationship with the Lord is worth it. 
like you doing the heart work is worth it and it's going to catch up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the person who is probably like, I'm just trying to fight for my life right now. Like I am just trying to keep my head above water. And I would say, take some of these truths and principles and, and write them down on sticky notes and trust that Philippians 1, 6 is true. Like you are doing the hard work and just know that like God's going to carry it to completion. That I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And then there's a per- the third person who's trying to strive so hard, like trying to do everything so perfect and so right and not do anything. And for you, it's like rest in the finished work of Jesus and just take the next step. It's okay. Take a breath. That's good. That's good. Okay, well, to wrap up, I am just going to read off um, this section about who we are in Christ. Let's go. Because that is everything. We got it. This is what defines you. This is what defines you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In Christ, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Mm. That is rich. And you could spend the rest of your life studying what it means, right? There's, there's so much in there. Go to Ephesians 1, 3 through, 3 through 14 and uh, study who you are in Christ. So that's all I have. As always, if you guys have questions, if you want to go further, if you want to ask, hey, what about this situation or my situation? Or can you help me kind of redirect these beliefs and these thoughts? You can feel free to email us at info at the porch.live. But until then, we'll see you guys on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.